We live. We live. <laughs> Was handing everybody. We hey, are back again, like we never left. I like saying that. That sounds real cool. Um, <laughs> thank you for getting back in it with us again. I am your co-host Deontay, and I'm Shakima, and we are the Dunlabs. The Dunlabs. Yes, we is. Yes, we are. Yes, we yes. always will be. That's what That's it is. That's it. That's it. Let's go. Let's get it. All right, my love. We are back in this thing again like we never left. It's six o'clock Central Standard Time. We hope y'all ready, strapped in, got your popcorn, your Coca-Cola, whatever, whatever you're drinking on, uh, whatever you're sipping on, whatever you're doing. Um, yes, you know, we're not judging. Absolutely not. With the, thank you for tuning in. Listen, whether you're listening to us in the background, whether you're paying attention to the podcast, watching us live, or catching up with us later on, we appreciate, we appreciate you. you. We love you. Thank you for all that you do. We thank you. We thank you for thank you. All right. And I know I missed that last one up. I was um, slightly distracted by what was on my other screen, but we're going to keep it moving like we always <laughs> they do. They don't know. Hey, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? We're doing this thing live and you never know what can happen. authenticity, that is who we be. Hey, and when you're doing it live, man, anything can happen. We just, it's all in the love of spontaneity, right? That's how we go. do it. All right, let's get it. Let's kick it off in our typical fashion where we talk about today, long ago, what happened. Not long social- enough, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Not long enough. Everything so, is, is is relative, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Before, but before we get into it, I would like to give a disclaimer: this information that we're sharing is for educational purposes mm-hmm. and educational purposes only. We are not affiliated with these websites in any way, shape, or form, but we do give them credit for their work. Um, we we do um, yeah, we do want to put that out there just to make sure we understand we are not paid or nor sponsored by these websites for display for giving out this information. Again, this is for educational purposes. By all means, always do your research. If you see That's if you it. hear something that you don't that you don't think is factual or right, do your own research and uh, shoot us a shoot us a message just to you know help clarify. But anyway, and if your feelings get hurt, tell your mammy not to streets. Hey. All right. So today, April eleventh, nineteen thirteen, President. Scallywag Wilson authorizes segregation within federal government. Ballhead so, Scallywag. Ballhead Scallywag. Ain't got no hair in the back. All right. That's a throwback. If you're from the A, you know. All right. Memphis. So on- <laughs> 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 All right. So on April 11, 1913, recently inaugurated President Woodrow Wilson received Postmaster General Albert Burleson's plan to segregate the railway mail service. Burleson reported that he found it intolerable that white and black employees had to work together and share drinking glasses and washrooms. The sentiment was shared by others in Wilson's administration. William McAdoo, Secretary of the Treasury, argued that segregation was necessary to, quote, remove the causes of complaint and irritation where white women have been forced unnecessarily to sit at desks with colored men. We, We can unpack what that's about. Okay, but if you can't control yourself, right, just say that. Just say that. If you can't sit next to a black man without feeling some type of way, just say that. You don't have to do all that. Just say that. We know where the history lies. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to go on. And to think that you, what somebody want in the first place, that, I mean, whatever. (laughs) I'm going to mind my business. Okay, so by the end of 1913, Black employees in several federal departments had been relegated to separate or screened off work areas and segregated laboratories and lunchrooms. In addition to physical separation from white workers, Black employees were appointed to 
menial positions and, or reassigned to divisions slated for elimination. Ain't that something? The government also began requiring photographs on civil service applications to better enable race screening. Every now and then, I'm glad my mama named me Shakima because I know, like, when you call me back, if I apply for something, you meant that because ain't no way in the world you thought I was a white woman. I know you meant to call Shakima. I know you meant to, like, it's either an affirmative action hire or whatever, what have you, but let's just call it what it is. It is you what know, it is. You know what you're getting, right? right? I probably got a couple goals. Probably got some big old hoops and bamboo earrings. I don't know, but it just sounds like the Black Panther movement. So if you called me, I know you meant to, okay? So although the plan was implemented by his subordinates, Pre President Wilson, I almost said prejudice. You see that? Was that a Freudian? Oh, I might have been. That might have been the ancestors. I ain't gonna give for it no credit. The ancestors was trying to get me to say what his came real name was. Came from your soul. Came from your Prejudice, Wilson, defended racial segregation in his administration <laughs> as in the best interest of Black workers. He maintained that harm was interjected into the issue only when Black people were told that segregation was humiliation. Meanwhile, segregation in federal employment was seen as a significant blow to Black Americans' rights and seemed to signify official presidential approval of Jim Crow policies in the South. Segregated laboratory signs were eventually removed after backlash that included organized protests by the NAACP, but discriminatory customs persisted and there was, a li there was little concrete evidence of actual policy reversal. The federal government continued to require photographs on civil service applications all the way until 1940. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Now, remember, Wilson is the one who uh, let them have a Klan march at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. He was the one who showed Birth of a Nation, the first movie screening at the White House, and he chose to show D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation. And shout out to... That garbage. William Trotter, the black man, the, the Boston chapter of the NAACP who fought him tooth and nail to prevent them from showing it in Boston. But he he took it to them and said, we're not, we're not going for this. This is crazy. Like, why are we screening movies that incite people to go hang black men? Right. But you know. I mean, it's I mean, but at this point, you know, it's it's like I'm not even surprised by half of this. It's like <laughs> I, the record, let the record speak for itself, I guess. But um, man. and that's you know what I, I showed my students my decolonized uh well, so I have um some classes that I teach in the evening mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. it's kind of like a the the classes are taught you know concurrently and it's uh, uh revolutionary rhetoric which is American literature and then those same students take a decolonized U.S. history class and so on Mondays I teach them the revolutionary rhetoric class and we talked about James Baldwin last night right and so. They, I showed them the clip from the Dick Cabot show where he was kind of like debating with uh, Dr. Paul Weiss. Uh, he, he was a Yale professor of philosophy. And Weiss was just, you know, over trying to overtalk James Baldwin, you know, trying to bait him into, you know, um, basically an egotistical battle. Right, an argument. But he couldn't do it, right? And so one of the things that James Baldwin said to him is that I don't, I don't really care about how you feel about me. I know what your institutions say you think about me. That's it. I don't, I don't, I'm not judging individuals. I'm saying that your institutions tell me what you think. Right. Right. So I'm not interested in debating whether or not you like black people. You don't like black people. I'm saying that the institutions in this country tell me how most, if not all white people feel about. It, right. And so the fact that this president did something 
that from 1913 all the way to 1940 wasn't changed? That's a long time. That's a long time. 1940, my grandmother was born in 1929. Right? Like hmm. that, when people start saying, but well, we, that's in the past. Are you serious? I'm, I'm Gen X, and my grandmother was alive when this was happening. It's so always you know, interesting. it's always interesting what's a long time ago versus mm-hmm. what was ancient history. It's always interesting that that relativity, you know, especially when it's when it's convenient, you know. Yes. Meanwhile, always, you got people in the government passing for white, but they're black the whole time. Hmm. I always find it interesting. It always is. What you got, babe? technology what you got? all right so the information that i am going to bring oh we're talking about today in technology history mm-hmm. for those who don't know now you know all right so what we're going to talk about is the um technology that came into fruition the first that happened on this day in history so we're oh, talking okay. about april 11th 1957 and this this may be something that not many of us know about but um it is something that we're all you know we're all kind of impacted by because it involves air flight um but it's more of a a military thing and so um this is the first vertical jet that flies now most of our jets starts off horizontally and you know as far as we know it only thing that's that takes flight vertically are spaceships but anyway so april 11th 1957 the ryan x-13 vertijet makes his first vertical takeoff and landing, marking the first time a jet-powered aircraft successfully completed a VTOL flight. For those of you who don't know what a VTOL flight is, that is a virtual, a vertical takeoff and landing. So that means it starts, it's standing up like this, it takes off straight up and it lands the same way. Uh, Militaries around the world at the time were experimenting with the concept of VTOL as a way of having aircraft that could take off and land from areas with no runway. While the X-13 was tested successfully, the program was canceled after only two years. The X-13 concept proved unfeasible for the United States military due to the variety of issues, including payload and range capabilities, which makes sense because you think about how much fuel that it takes to take a, a several ton piece of equipment and not only get it off the ground with no momentum, but to yeah. then carry that momentum you know, horizontally, yeah. you know, most of the gas is going to, most of the, most of the fuel is going to be consumed from that takeoff. And like they mm-hmm. said, from the, the payload, if depending on how heavy that thing is, if you're carrying people, cargo, weapons, you know, that thing isn't going to make it that far, you know, um, because again, you know, you have to account for all of that when you talk about the fuel distribution, which carries weight in itself. So it's like, it's, it's just not a real, it's, it's not a feasible thing. It's not scalable. You know, it's not something that you could do in, in, in uh, practical application. You know, spaceships make sense because once it gets out into the atmosphere, you know, grab, you know, it, it's no longer subject to gravity. So it just floats. So it doesn't need all that, that you know, all that propulsion to get mm-hmm. through, you know, and once it's once it's in that once it's out of the atmosphere, it basically just, you know, floats. And so um so it's interesting, you know, um, it's interesting to find that, find that out that at one point that that was, you know, the way they were trying to get jets off the ground. But, you know, but when you're talking about um, instant deployment without a runway, you know, they're trying to make it possible to, you know, get aircraft in the air without, you know, 
building out, you know, but there's really no way for, you know, when you're talking about fuel consumption and things of that nature, um, and reserving the fuel, um, it's just not feasible. So that, I thought that one was interesting. Okay. Um, and then I have one more, which is, uh, which, which we all should be, um, we all, we all know who Steve Jobs is, um, the, the pioneer of Apple that he do, he's the one that set Apple to where we know it today. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. April 11th, 1985, I was four at the time, almost exactly two years after joining Apple, John Scully asked Steve Jobs to step down as the head of Macintosh, as the head of the Macintosh division at an Apple computer board committee. With the backing of the company's other executive, Jobs is stripped of nearly all responsibilities at Apple, while Jobs remains the title. Oh, while Jobs retained the title of chairman, he had no authority and eventually left. But oh, then wow. he came back better than ever. So, um, so that was an interesting tidbit. So Steve Jobs was there. He left and obviously came back. So that was today. Um, that was today in history. And um, for those of you all who are interested in where this source of the, the source for this information, this information comes from this day in techhistory.com. Again, we are not sponsored nor supported by these websites. We are here to provide information as um, educational information and somewhat, you know, um, entertaining, you know, the social justice stuff that I don't consider that entertaining at all. Um, We're really just here to try to help you get your life together. That part. You know, that's it. Like, there's right. no need for you to keep walking around like that. We're just here to help you get your life together. And, uh, yep. Yep. So, you know, have some knowledge, some information. And hopefully you will begin to translate that into wisdom, which is the application of that knowledge, right? Absolutely. One thing I don't like, and I talked to my students about this last night, is people who got a whole bunch of random facts, but no wisdom. Like, that's just, you know, that's what's wrong with this country. We have a lot of people who, quote, unquote, know things, which most of it is a lie anyway. So we're not even going to go into all that. But, like, memorize a whole bunch of random facts. Mm -hmm. And so you think you're smart because most of the information that you've hidden was about other people. So right. everything that you, everything that everybody else knows is all about you. Right? Yeah. And so that's you lied about most of it. You stole all of it. And so you got a whole bunch of memorized facts, but you don't have any wisdom. And so we hope that not only will you get yourself together, like gather yourself, okay, and that you will walk more uprightly and walk justly with people and just have some humility and empathy. That's what, what all of this is about. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, you got to understand this too is um, knowledge is static, information, I mean, understanding is fluid. And just because you know a whole lot of stuff don't mean you're smart. That's it. You got to be careful about the people who have a whole lot of random facts, but don't really know nothing at all. You know, they can tell you when this happened about this, that, and the third, but you know, they can't, they don't really know how to guide their life. You can't, can't tell you how it relates to other stuff. Like, you know, all that stuff and you still walking around acting like that. There's a disconnect, right? Yeah, so I you, need you to like piece the, 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 follow the breadcrumbs and see how all this stuff relates to other stuff. You know, right. You, he, this person is so smart, but look at their life. Their whole life is in disarray. They, they can't be that smart. Mm -hmm. They know a lot of stuff. They got, a good, they, they got a good memory. Yep. <laughs> they got a good memory, but that don't mean they smart. Memorization, memorization and applied information are two different things. That's you it. Know? What the words say and all that get and get understanding. Absolutely. You got to understand how it fit together. Because when you can feel, when you know how it fit together, then you can strategize. When you can strategize, you can put your tactics together. That's it. That's so. it. That's what we're here for. 
Let's get it. All Let's right, so what's so, on the menu, my love? How we going, so, what, what, what we going to start? Where we going to so start? We're in, you know, season one, episode 18. Yeah. And we grown. We grown. That's it. Well. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Again, kinda. we 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 got a lot of information, but we don't know how to use it. Yet. Yep, because that's what eighteen symbolizes. <laughs> like I could do what I want to do, but not really. Because Mama, will you pay my phone bill? Exactly. So we still growing up. We still growing up. Yeah. We getting there. We yeah. Getting there. So today's episode is called "On My Block." On who, the who, whose song block. is that? On my block. Whose song is that? I, I tried same. to I tried to tie in like the hip hop. Oh <laughs> man, I, I know I know the song, but I can't remember who song that is. Oh, that's Ghetto Boy, right? Oh, that's Scarface. Scarface. Yeah. yeah, Scarface. Yeah. Oh my yeah. block, because I, I can hear the that's beat, you can but, hear I it couldn't, in your head. but I couldn't yes. hear the voice. I was like, Shout wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Face mob. Let's go. All right. So yeah, so this episode we're gonna do a little reflection. So hip hop is turning fifty this year. Hip hop is actually a Leo, so who knows that? August eleventh, eighty three. Yeah, was in the building. Leo's in the <laughs> building. Long hat on, care. Let your mane drag. Known. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop has big Leo energy, so we should have known. But yeah, so August 11, 1983, is the 50th birthday of hip hop, and so consequentially, I think, right? Uh, Freak Nick got a documentary. So people, Whoop. listen. Freak Nick is also so Gen X, baby. We made it. We in the building. We've been getting ignored for like ever. We just. Listen, we've been out here minding our business, twerking a little something, but then get caught. And so then, boom, somebody went to the archives and they got video footage. It's mm-hmm. like, they why are you trying that, to do that? Because they figured out how to take these VHSs and convert them to digital oh platforms goodness. now. So really, because what we did was... Folks, aunties and somebody, What some we did mamas. was we turned Freak Nick into Essence Fest, right? Yep. And we came in there with our degrees, degreed up from the feet up, and came in there. We was like, we don't go by that name anymore. We're not Freak Nick. We're Essence Fest. <laughs> we're sophisticated now. <laughs> yes. We are um, girls trip now. We're not twerking on the top of nobody convertible. We had the oh, Essence Fest in New man. Orleans. But Freak in Nick the but Freak Nick and his infancy was something else. I remember boys <laughs> trying to sneak out the house to go see Listen. what was going on. Trying to, I'm talking about figured out how to get on the model bus to get downtown. <laughs> Now, you know you're wrong. Trying to get on the Marta bus to go watch twerking. Hey, That's some man. broke people behavior right there. Listen, hey, I, I, <laughs> listen, I was broke. I was trying to hey, no <laughs> I ain't had no business trying to get down there. But man, when you I'm talking about, I remember dudes coming, I remember dudes coming to school with, with freak neat shirts on and they get yeah. sent home. They yep. walking around with big old tape on their shirt because they got yep. me. I'm like, how you yep. gonna wear that to school? Yeah. But because yep. they teachers about, were there. That's why they sent them home. <laughs> I mean, you talk about some wild stuff, man. Yeah. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We got some other stuff we want to talk about too, but that's what really, like, so the whole On My Block was inspired by the concert that we went to. This past oh, yeah. Week. That was fun. That was yeah, fun. so I took my booski to Dallas, and we saw the Hip Hop Classics concert at the Toyota Music Pavilion. That was something. so dope. It was something to behold, man. That was an amazing show. They showed out. Yeah. So we had, we saw Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane. Oh, man. We saw Slick Rick, the Rubla. The we saw Man, that, the hey, hang on, hang on. Before we get, before we move on, seeing that brother's change in real life is ridiculous. Yeah. It's the, the TV, the, the monitors don't do it just. That brother mm-hmm. had a pink and silver diamond Africa. encrusted african pendant yep. that thing took up half his chest he had on he had on he had the, on 
Oh, uh, I mean, Dougie Fresh said he had on about Slick Rick had on about a million dollars worth million of stuff. Million dollars worth of jewelry, and it looked like it too. I'm talking about it was a it was it was a sight to see. But go ahead, what you were saying. I just had to take a moment no, to reflect on no. that because them diamonds still twinkling so in my just, eyeball. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reliving the moment because I was with you and it was fun. Absolutely. And, you know, I try to give you good date nights because I love you. Oh, so yeah. I appreciate Slick it. Rick was there. I think I said that because that was important. And I'm going to say it again. Slick Rick was there and Dirty nobody fresh. tells the story like Slick Rick. Like, nobody. Like, I know people ruler. try, but like nobody, when he get on there and start doing the children's story, like, who could compete with that? He patented all the, the, all the storytelling for hip hop. Yeah. So he, that was the that creator. Part. Of storytelling in hip hop, Rakim, the God MC was there. Make him clap to this. Listen. Make him, make him, make him clap to this. Listen. Don't sweat the technique. Listen, listen, that is my official listen. training song. Listen, I've been listening to Eric B. as president all day, every day since we left there. Squarface was there. They had Bone Crusher. Oh yeah, Bone Crusher said it off. He said it That's off. That's the ATL right there. We was in there like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but one of the things that, you know, um, that a lot of people don't talk about is, you know, I mean, and I, and I kind of want to give my man his 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 flowers, you know, Big Daddy Kane. He came out and, and ripped it with yes. the with the with the tongue twisting. The mm -hmm. And I and I'm like that. I'm like a lot of people don't give him his credit. Yep, He's one of the pioneers. Of and he's still dancing. Still dancing. I mean, and, and I mean, athletic is. Yeah. Oh, get I had to salute him. I'm talking about you getting up there and doing all that, and you can sit up there and carry all them syllables Listen. in one breath. Listen, man, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I got love for Bone Thugs and Harmony Three Six Mafia, Twister, all them cats. I'm like, but y'all got to gotta give it. Pay homage where it's too. Got to give it to Big Daddy Kane, man, because he was doing it before really mm -hmm. anybody. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put that one out there. Big Daddy Kane came when I then showed it how it was done. Still fresh, still clean, mm -hmm. showing out for the fellas with the gold hat, you know, with the salt and with the salt and pepper. I'm like, yep. listen, you know what I'm saying? And last but not least, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, listen, that, listen. I would go to a concert with just him. Just him. like where they do that at? Like if he would just, <sighs> I mean, he he should just sell out concerts just playing other people's music. And when him and Rakim, when Rakim was like, I want you yes. to be on the, on the ones and twos for me. Yes. That was a dynamite combination. That was, oh, that was a sight to behold. That was, that was a sight to behold, literal music to your ears. It was just, it was just what I consider poetry in motion. Yes, it was like. Because DJ Jazzy Jeff had 30 minutes, which I feel like he went longer than that. And oh, I'm yeah. appreciative. I'm, but they gave him like a 30 minute. Uh, spot before Rakim came on and he DJ for Rakim, but they gave him a 30 minute spot where he was supposed to take us through 50 years of hip hop. It's impossible to do 50 years of hip hop in 30 minutes, but like he literally ran a clinic. Like I I heard this from where I heard where samples came from, from songs that I had never realized were samples. Cause you know, you think it in the eighties, like they probably sampling like Motown or something, but oh my gosh. It was it was that them the brother is incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean that is I mean one of the what the first DJ to get a Grammy. Yeah, come on. I mean and and when you see him in action, you know why. If you know, you know. My man yes. said it off. I mean, can get on there, not say a word, and move the crowd. Yep. I'm like, yep. listen. Listen, man, it kind of took me back. I was like, oh, man, I, I felt like I was, again, I was a kid again. I felt like I was, you know, 13, 14 again, you know. Oh, it was, it was, 
It was amazing. I, I do want to. I do want to thank you for that date night, baby. That was a, that was wonderful. You know, yeah, I'm trying I, to take you. You know, I I know that you are a hip hop connoisseur. So whenever I'm able to take you to those, I love being able to do that for you. The pandemic kind of slowed us down a little bit, but you know, since the pandemic, we've been to Wu Tang, we've been to this one, the hip hop classics, we've been no to limit. No Limit. Now, lo, no, the No Limit concert was so good. Yeah, it was so good. So. But anyway, so listening to, I guess part of the reason why I'm so stuck on Eric B as president because like that's the that's the music from Ghetto D. Yeah. And I'm just like, look at how Mr. B did that. He brought I'm, that beat to a whole nother generation. Man, when I, I'm talking about when I started listening to rap, it was I mean it just changed my whole yeah. my whole format and you know and 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 Ice Cube when I listen when when I heard No Vaseline. That was I like. Yeah, let me that's get a, my. That's on pen. a whole nother level. That's on let a whole nother level. Get my pen and start writing because I, when I heard that, all I wanted mm-hmm. to do was battle rap. Every rap I wrote from that point on was a diss rap. Mm-hmm. I didn't care who it was. I took out all my anger on that paper, and it was. I mean that you know that right there. You know, listening to you know um, the Predator and you know Death Certificate. Um, and you know, Ice Ice Cube was somebody I looked up to, and then I started getting into DJ Quick and Nas and AZ, yeah, and you know, yeah. started you know dialing into Easy E. Oh my gosh, man! It's it's just it's just so many to name, and you know, it's just so many people I slept on, you know, because like I said, you discover something, and it's almost like, wait a minute, I might you know some of these things that some you know, because yep. it's not that that's when hip hop started you know it's just you start to go back and like man if he sounds this good let me go back and i started mm-hmm. tuning in to ll cool j and you know started you know you know listening to nas led me to rock him you know i'm like i've heard this before but why yeah. i haven't heard it like this before that's so good you know and and it's and it's amazing and it just it just really really you know um shaped my whole thing and then you know because i remember hearing you know going back to slick rick i remember Hearing that song, um, I always forget the name of it. Um, the the stories, the 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 the, the song he's known for. Well, um, it's a couple of them: children's story, the, hey, the young chi- world, the, the children's story, children's story. And it wasn't until I really started getting into lyricism where I went back and start and listen to that song, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Yeah. This whole time, it's like. How did I miss this? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and it just, you know, it just kind of, like I said, it just, you know, and it just shaped my whole, I went from a, a, a battle rapper to kind of writing stories in my rhyme and telling about experiences and, you know, and just, you know, and really just writing, you know, what was on the heart, what was in the mind on the paper. And, and it just kind of, you know, shaped my my perspective as a poet, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, you know, and it, it just shaped the way I just approach things. You know, I'm yeah. always, you know, careful with my words i'm always you know really thoughtful with you know what i say before i say it um i think that's why i say you know a lot because i'm trying to yeah get the right words you know and you know and like i said the the entire illmatic album was like that i mean you named your son after the mean so listen (laughs) i i'm talking about that the message (laughs) listen i mean just yep Oh my God. I mean, it's just, I mean, just, you know, being there to witness it, you know, being able to kind of just take a step back into mm-hmm. your own history when you just was in that phase in your life, you know, just I, that when I, I was growing my hair, I had 
all acneed up. I couldn't grow, <laughs> I couldn't grow facial hair. All I had was big old sideburns and uh, and just trying to find myself, man. And you know, trying to find myself in my music. You know, listening to people that you know spoke what I felt. You know, it was just man. It, it just you know shaped my whole like I said, my whole paradigm. I still. I mean, the truth be told, as, a, as an adult, you know, I still see the world through a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. You know, I still, you know, um, you know, verse a lot of my life in a, you know, in a poetic way, you know, you do. You really everything do. means something. And, you know, and, and you know, it, and, it, and when you can take something, you know, when you can take something from your life and you can put it on paper and express how it makes you feel, it just does something different to you. It just, mm-hmm. it helps you become, it, it brings out that depth of yourself. And so yeah. I just... You know, it it just you know kind of made me kind of get back to the essence of you know who I am. I'm glad, person, baby. You know? and that was that was an amazing, amazing. I'm glad. Um, and speaking of the message, um, yesterday when I was coming back from picking up the groceries, I was listening to the message, Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five, and mm-hmm. I'm like that the lyrics. I want you to go back and listen to that again. Like you know, I just a lot of the songs that came out. I'm Gen X, but I'm on the tail end of it, right? So a lot of the, a lot of that stuff, I was such, I was a kid, and so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even have like a worldview that would allow me to understand what they were trying to articulate. Like I, I just remember dancing to it, you know. I, I could tell you what dances we did: the Wop, the Reebok, the Cabbage Pot, Cabbage Patch, the Gucci. I remember that stuff, but I don't actually remember the lyrics, you know. Like I might remember the hook, but just listening to it as an adult, and I'm like, nothing's changed. Yep nothing's changed the message remains the same if anything it's gotten worse because we don't have people like them actually speaking for us that you know what i mean like we don't actually have them who are mainstream like we most of the people that we have are mumbling drinking lean stripping on the camera like it you you can go back and and actually see how our community got lost yeah you know and I, I think it was on purpose it was by design it always is you know it's like the crack epidemic produced hip-hop we wanted to say something to to ease the pain and fight back and it was yeah. like okay so if that's what you're gonna do with it then i'm just gonna infiltrate the music right because i realized remember the enemy is the prince of the air yeah so and anything that got something to do with airways that's his territory you know and that's just the unfortunate part about existence on this plane but rules are rules, right? And so like when people don't have the capacity to see beyond like, okay, this is what they're playing, why? Why is my community the only community that's getting these lyrics? And like, yes, their children go buy that music, but they don't play that at their house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we're the only ones that bump that stuff in the car with our kids and all kinds of stuff like that. You might see other communities, teenagers listening to it, but their parents are not going to give them that, right? right? Even watching Cardi B with her uh, WAP song, she was on a, on a Facebook Live or Instagram Live or something, and her daughter culture came in the room. She turned that stuff off. She was like, no, I don't, uh-uh. I don't want my daughter listening to this stuff. You, If you let your kids listen to it, that's on you. But this music is not made for children. It's made for right. adults, right? And I just, you know, you see our people like with their kids in the car and the kids know all the lyrics. And it's just like, you know, but I also think back to when my kids were little and cash money was taken over for the 99 and the 2000. I don't know if I didn't sing them lyrics. I mean, I was in there. I mean, hey, I mean, hey, you know, like, <laughs> so I just, each generation has its own thing. But it just feels like it's definitely getting worse. You know, right. I don't know. But like I said, Rick Nick, Uncle Luke. I so, used to 
And I used to deem, I used to call rap, I used to have an acronym, I used to call it the Righteous Anthems for the People, mm. you know, because that's what it was, you know, when you, to be. when you go back to its original essence, it was about the message, it was about, you know, uplifting, it was about, you know, Queen Latifah's and, and the public yeah. enemies out there really, really, you know, saying what needed to be said, you know. Um, because you you can listen to you know some of the other genre genres of music and 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 they're all you know and the songs are uplifting and they have like positive meanings and you know um you know even you know some of the other stuff you know you got like you know heavy metal but even some of that stuff you know yeah. has some you know some some deeper context to it it wasn't all like you know death metal but you know even that I'm like you know and you and you know, and you find you try to find meaning in the music that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. And and nowadays, every you know, again, everybody you know talking about partying and 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 sleeping with people, girlfriends, and you know, popping pills and drinking lean, and you know, doing it again the next day. And you know, it's it's a whole not like again, it's a whole another paradigm. And it's yeah. like, and people don't really, and it's like we've diluted the meaning of music. You know, music, I think music at its essence has always been a spiritual thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even, you know, going back, you know, just the just the beating of the drum, you know, it 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 captures the it captures the mind, it captures the body, it captures the spirit, man. And 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 when 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 people listen to some of this stuff and you get to repeating it over and over and over, it's just like an affirmation. Mm-hmm. And people don't get it. It's like what you yeah. say, what you repeat. You know what I'm saying? You, you. I mean, that's why we teach epic. children stuff through songs, right? You know, and and it's like the simplest things. It's like we take for granted. It's like it ain't just music, man. It's not just a song. Mm-hmm. It ain't just something for people to vibe to and get lit to. No, come on, yeah. man. It's like this is you know this this gets it to your essence, and it and it yes, and it you wonder why it drives certain behavior. Yep. You know, and because if you even if you listen to certain R and B songs, like it'll have you thinking you in love with somebody that's totally wrong for you, you know, yep. or to have you glorify and struggle love, you know. What was that song you told me about with the Kill the, Bill? Oh man. SZA. Mm-hmm. That like, girl on the song talking about she she wants to kill her ex and his girlfriend. That she'd rather be in jail than be alone. Or she'd rather be in hell than be alone. And it's and blowing that- my mind that like <laughs> No, I haven't even heard, and, and maybe I'm operating in the wrong circles, but there should be a tremendous backlash. Like, why would you even get in the booth and say that mess out of your mouth? And and it's like these are things, and, and it's like and and the to not to take away the impact that music has on communities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, when you say something that sounds good, people gravitate to that. Yep. That's why people gravitate to politicians because they say things that sound good. That's it. You know, and it's like we're not. Again, words, spelling, casting spells. It's like you being We're at war on every level. You being you being hypnotized and these spells mm-hmm. are being dropped on you. You you just think it's just a song. Yep. But it's like you wonder why you can't stop hearing it, even because you the song don't even know off. what they're mumbling about. Like, let's be honest. Like, what if they on there cursing you and telling you, you know, you don't even know. But the issue is that, you know, and I and I think that it's it's kind of appropriate for us to be talking about this. We won't spend much more time on this because I really want to get to the other topics but just this idea that like now all of these famous musicians are are being quote-unquote exposed right like right. look how long this stuff was going on that stuff been going on most of my lifetime and now people are all of a sudden starting trying to dump on the same few people and it's like okay but like nobody's actually exposing the people behind those people right, right. so like here we go forward. again right here we go again and saying that you know these Four famous people did all the dirt in the whole industry. How? 
How? And who was behind? Who who funded them? Right? Like, I don't know. I just yes, you want exposure, but you also want the truth. Like, don't play in my face and tell me that's that's all there is to this. There has to be something else to this. Because, like Nino Brown said, none of us own a poppy field. That's it. Who you know got it? Got it. We need to go watch New Jack City again. Oh, it got Christopher Williams in. Oh my bad. You know what? Hey. Anyway, no shade to Christopher Williams. It was just, you know, if you've been paying attention, <laughs> then you understand why I giggled and chuckled a little bit. Okay, but anyway, so we're, we're going to move on. Oh, if you know, so, you know. Like I said in the show, uh, in the show um, notes, on a serious note, let's talk about these magnificent Tennessee two. Oh, man. This is the, when I tell you hypocrisy. Now they did break some rules, but everybody yeah, but else Tennessee, broke I rules heard too. Y'all in that in each other's chair. What's what y'all doing? And, and the and the crazy thing is, it's like, you know, nobody's nobody's asking the real question, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a people's with you think about, you know, because I'm thinking about this. It's like these these individuals they're willing to break the rules for something that means something, yep. and that's something that you don't see a lot today. You know, when we're talking about gun violence, right mm-hmm. now. I'm I'm a I I, I believe in the, the 2A. You got the Yappas around all here. day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like when we're talking about when we're talking about young people that are being that that these things are being turned on. You know, I don't care if it's I don't care if it's a semi or an assault rifle. When we're talking about young people, you know, children getting affected by this, that's when I have an mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. And these and these gentlemen, these, you know, these gentlemen put everything on the line yep. for the children. Mm-hmm. You know, Wu-Tang's for the children, you know Wu-Tang's what I'm saying? And, and, and they they stood up for something. And it's crazy how it always boggles my mind is when the people who stand up for something, they're the ones who get stuffed down hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's and, and it's like you want to talk about it. And, and and it's it's interesting when the rules come into play, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you know, when when I was listening to the the one brother's address about, you know, people who are under investigation who've Justin been accused Jones. of certain you know who's been accused of certain things you know people peeing in chairs yep. you know just all of this this these things that under normal circumstances you would be like okay you know these people you know that should be reprimanded on some level and it's like and they say that and you know and doing and kind of reading up on this they're talking about how expulsion is a is a unprecedented thing it's a rare thing and i, I think mean, they say only like got the audacity to open up and pull out their wee and pee on uh, one of their colleagues chairs and and that didn't get and the thing the kind did, of backlash is somebody using the bullhorn to protest and, and what and what's what what, bog, what what really gets me is there is the idea that they're, they they're trying to make it seem like oh this is such a big thing because apparently only a handful of expulsions that have, have happened in Tennessee history right and what what else for do we know they didn't no they didn't say they 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 just kind of alluded I think they said it's That's about okay, I don't I don't want to misquote but you know it wasn't many and they're like how this is a big deal I'm like okay they're you, they're exercising their constitutional right regardless of what is the rules say the rules aren't laws mm-hmm. the rules are rules and the fact that they were willing to put all that on the line they were like yo we breaking the rules i'm sure they knew they were breaking the rule but it's like it's children yeah. out here dying you're talking about children that ain't even hit they ain't even almost hit puberty yet 
you know, and you know, and and the fact that these, you know, these these gentlemen put everything on the line to fight for these kids. And the fact that they're going to apply the rules based on that. Okay, so this 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 I found some debate. And and to and before we before we go into that, you know, I was I seen a few I seen some footage of some the way these young people who were there protesting how they were handled by mm-hmm. the police, and I'm like, what like where do we? It's yeah. like, you know, it's like don't y'all know the world is watching? Meanwhile, what? people who went into the Capitol on January six went in there smeared poop on people stuff and everything. You know, and I'm like, don't y'all know the world is watching? Not only is the world watching. But upcoming Americans are watching. And it's like, what are we, what are we telling? You know, we we sell this idea that every voice has a place. We 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 sell this idea that, you know, we uphold these values, but when the values are put on the line, then all of a sudden, you know, oh, the rules is in, you know, we we got to follow the rules. And it's like, okay, but what about all those people who, you know, again, peeing on chairs you got people who got who 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 got uh, allegations of sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. you got people who allegations i forget what the other allegation but it was some other outrageous stuff and i'm like isn't that worth expulsion isn't that unworthy of a representative of the state and and it's it just and and but you you expel these individuals for this yep yep you know and it just you know and individuals that were voted into their position their constituents selected them and you completely overrode an entire population of people's vote f- to do this. And it, that, that's why that when things like this happen, I'm like, how we're okay. I thought we had checks and balances in this place. Like where was the veto? You know, how, how did, how did it even get there? You know, and, and I, and I get it. Oh, they used the bullhorn. It's, it's what you somebody said. peed on it. Somebody peed on the chip. I don't know what's worse. But the, let's take it a little further. It's what you said about them calling it disrespectful. That's such a loaded term because the white woman didn't get expelled. Somebody saved her by one vote. One right? vote. So, so that same person who saved her by one vote, how come they couldn't save them by one vote? So here's the, here's the kicker. They said in the state of Tennessee, explosions are rare. Since the Civil War, only eight representatives have been expelled, yep. right, before this so six representatives were expelled in 1866 for trying to prevent the passage of the 14th Amendment, which granted citizenship. Yeah, I, that's what I read earlier today. It was about it was about giving freely free slaves. Yeah. So now that slaves are free and can actually get elected, you're going to use the expulsion to keep them out. Right. And so in 1980, Republican Representative Robert Fisher was expelled for bribery and Republican Representative Jeremy Durham was expelled in 2016 for sexual misconduct. And again, so using a bullhorn, and, really? and and but that but but that's somehow disrespect. No, it was dis- no. You feel disrespected mm-hmm. because you don't agree. Well, what you feel disrespected doing. because you don't think that those particular people should have anything to say to you. That's what it is. Let's just call it what it is. You don't feel that they have anything to say. Like that warrants you, you paying attention to. Like how dare you, you know. How dare you. You don't yes, get this. Not how dare you have an opinion, but how dare you have an how opinion. How dare you bring something up. Correct. You know, it just, it's, it was just so disappointing. But on the, the good news is that the people supporting these gentlemen. You know, Jones was reinstated by the Metro, by the Metro Council, by Nashville Metro Council yesterday. Overwhelmingly. So that's 
you know, kudos that he's still going to be still still, on one of them, though. Yeah. And he's supposed to be voted in tomorrow. Um, and both of them are graduates of HBCUs. Shout out. We are neither one of us are, but we recognize the work and importance they do. They are in the community. So. But they, but they still apparently, from what I've read, they're gonna still have some special elections mm-hmm. to re, to basically revote these gentlemen back in. And I'm, I'm like, why? Waste the taxpayer have, money. The, the people have spoken. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they are they know. already spoke the first time. And it's like, so y'all gonna fix it? Y'all, y'all finna, y'all finna read the games, which y'all trying to say? Because they're gonna gerrymander. They're gonna what you gonna do is you finna move the goalpost, you finna rig this election, and you finna take these people, these men seat. It's, 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 I mean, it's like, it's fraudulence written all, you know, all over it. It's like your hypocrisy is showing, you know, it's like, you know, your, your, your shade is showing, Again. you know, and, and, and it's, a, it's incredible. I'm like, I, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to maintain my composure because there's a lot of things I want to say that I ain't trying to get FCC for. So, um, you know, but it's just, it's appalling. You know, it, it, it's just it's it's interesting when the rules are applied and when they're and when they're not. You know, um, so it's just fascinating times we live in. I, I and I mean and I mean that in the most sarcastic way yeah. I can mean that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, but anyway, well, we got a few more minutes, so. If you don't mind, if it's okay with you, my love, I would like to talk about something that you first brought to my attention. And it's a clip from Abbott Elementary where Quinta Brunson's character, Janine, is having a conversation with a mother, Cassandra. You brought this to my attention maybe a few days ago, but it's totally making its rounds in social media land, especially in lots of teacher type groups. Let's talk about it. Yeah, you know, first of all, you know, that thing that hit me, it hit me, it hit me in a certain kind of way, you know, for a couple of reasons. I don't blame that mom and I don't blame the teacher. It's, you know, it's like, it's almost like, I, it's like what I mentioned earlier, the game is rigged, right? It's like, you know, the, the, te- the profession of teaching has been, you know, set up to be, basically a a babysitting service right and you know and then you got this who you know what the one thing that was insinuated was that this was a single parent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know a single black mother Mm -hmm. and you know who's you know obviously from what it sounds like was just as frustrated with her kid as the teacher is right and so instead of lose her job for taking off you know, and, and so she's worried about her job. She's frustrated with a kid too, and she's like, "You supposed to fix it." And you know, and you and you have this teacher who, for all intents and purposes, is just like, "I'm just a teacher, though. I'm just, you know, I got twenty nine, at least twenty nine other students that I have to attend to that have same, similar, that have similar or worse situations going on." And you know, and and you know, you 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 see it, you see this teacher trying and and being courteous and 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 you know trying to help and you know the 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 lady who obviously took all of her frustrations out on this person who was completely defenseless. Yeah, and I see that a lot. I've seen that growing up. I have seen that today where you have parents who you have, you know, parents who take advantage 
of people who can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they they put a person in between a rock and a hard place. You know, you you gonna sit here and take what I said because if you don't, you you've gonna seen it happen to me. Job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that's another reason why I hit home because I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's like the vulnerable preying on the vulnerable. Yeah, you you've seen lots of people try to shame me, guilt me. You know, for not letting them and their kids walk all over me or not giving them what they want, however they want it, whenever they want it, you know, and it's it's okay to just let's just call the teacher trash and tell her she's this and she's that, you know, and I can't think of, you know, very many other professions where somebody goes in and has the type of credentials we have to get treated like that. And I'm not saying that anybody should. I don't care if it's the, the person who helps you with your groceries. That curbside pickup, you know, it nobody should be treated like that. But mm. I think that p- part of what people don't understand is that society as a whole has lost its reverence for teachers. And because you have lost reverence for teachers, you can't expect your child to have reverence for teachers. Right. So that teacher is saying, what would you like me to do? Given that you don't respect me, your child doesn't respect me. So if you want me to be able to step in and do the things that you are thinking I should do, because see, the mother is related to the teachers that she has. That's when teachers actually had a modicum of respect in our community, right? So when the teacher said something, the parents said, do whatever that teacher tells you to do. Now, parents, teach, you know, kids go home and tell their parents, and oh, I know she's not talking to my child. You, you smarter than her, or whatever the case may be, right? And so that whole sense of us having the ability to help you raise your child, you took that. And so now we both have to deal with those consequences. And so it's just interesting because my research, right? My research, my doctoral research is about the role of revolutionary love and, you know, decolonizing classroom management for the most part, right? Like, how do we bring back those teachers who understand, like, I wouldn't care what society said, this me and you, when we close this door, we're going to do whatever we got to do to make sure you have the best educational experience possible. And if you need to have a seat somewhere and be quiet, that's what you're going to have to do. But that's on me and you. Right? I'm not calling your mama. You better hope she called me because this love that I'm going to give you is going to be so strong and help a teacher see themselves as a part of that, that, that continuum mm-hmm. of Black teachers, right? Like this, you're not by yourself. You're standing on the shoulders of people who've done this before you. And you've got to help your children remember who they are and whose they are. And as black teachers, we got to remember who we are and whose we are. And you know, that's the part that wasn't included in that episode. You know, where you know, something I just thought about. And you don't one thing, one place you don't see that. It's and it's a, it's kind of, it's the teaching profession, but one place you don't see that is in preschool. When you know one thing I know about preschool, if your kid acting up, they will put your kid out of preschool. Yeah, they like one thing I have never seen. You know, and I've had I've had my I you know I've I've you know had my I've had my time where I put you know put some kids through preschool, and Mm -hmm. one thing I know is that preschool teachers get their respect. Cause, um, but that's because it's private enterprise. Well, that, you're talking so, about uh, government entity, like teaching is a government. And, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, you, you know, cause you were saying, you know, um, about how to, and it's like, okay, give public school teachers the same power mm-hmm. as preschool teachers. Yep. 
you know, because you should you should have because again, if it's if it's your classroom, you should have the authority. You know, and if your kid is in there endangering other kids, there's no reason why your kids should remain in there. Like preschool, if you got a bad kid that's in there that, that, that won't behave, that's throwing blocks, that's becoming the danger to other kids, you know what they're going to tell that parent? Hey, look, we love your child, but they can't come back here. And and I know, and again, I, I know that the difference is, like you said, the private yeah, enterprise because, versus, because, you know, you know the, thing, the thing that people don't understand is that there's nothing that provides for public education. Like there's nothing that said, you know, and so it just says that if you get federal funding, you cannot discriminate. You know, like it just says that you got to abide by the same rules that anybody else has, you know, and then that people expect that, oh, like my child is entitled to this. And no, your child is not. And that's why we're seeing people voting on vouchers. Right. Because your child is not entitled to none of that. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, people have taken it for granted too long. They have treated it like a free daycare service. Like, I can't wait till my child gets to kindergarten so I can stop paying for daycare. That is not what school is. That is not what school is. And it's interesting how other public, you know, quote-unquote public servants aren't treated that way. Like, you know, police don't get treated like that. Firemen don't get treated like that. And it's like, they should be, you know, should be held to, teachers should be held to that same steam. You know, because, you know, for all intents and purposes, y'all build the foundation of the country, just like the police and the fire department and, you know, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and and EMTs, they provide an essential service to make sure that people are healthy, you know, um, people get the emergency care they need, people are protected, you know, and things of that nature. And it's like they're held to, you know, high esteem. And, and it's a shame when you see, you know, people who put it on the line and now you got it now you have schools in a place where it's virtually you know dangerous mm-hmm. you know to you know to be more dangerous you know just as you know you know you're in the line of fire you know for all intents and purposes and it's like you know you know and and then there's still that these level of expectations and again i think it's the it's the weak preying on the weak you know, it's, it's like people who go into somebody's job and start something. It's like you you wouldn't do that under normal circumstances. You're taking your frustrations out on people who can't do nothing about it. You're giving responsibility to people who can't do nothing about it because you know if something happened to your kid, somebody, they're going to be held accountable. And the yeah. scales are so imbalanced. Mm-hmm. It's like the consequences of up here and, you know, the consequences and the responsibility is up here, but the respect, the pay, mm-hmm. The, the it's, it's just so you know the the power yeah. you know because there has to be some power here you know or, or else nobody is going to re, re, you know respect the teacher because like going back like when i was when i was in school you know i think when i was in the, my younger grades I, I was going to school with teachers could paddle you yeah. because i i knew how it was to get my butt whooped at home no i ain't finna go get my butt whooped by somebody like my mom uh-uh. and they got full and my mama gave a full permission to uh yeah. no thank you and my, my my elementary school principal, she had a big old paddle. Yeah, I, I feel like my one mm. um when I was in I, mm. when I was in North Carolina when my dad was at Fort Bragg, my principal had an electric paddle. It was on the wall and it had a cord like he could plug it in. <laughs> Whoa. That is I never got it, but yes, I did see it. Well, I know my um my principal when I was in elementary school, man, she had a paddle. That joint, that joint had to be about a, <laughs> that joint. And, and I think he had her sorority letters carved into it. 
or mm, yeah, the joker would come back to him. I said, he ain't hurt. Like, yeah, yeah. Why your eyes red? Like, I bet you ain't gonna go back in there and get it mm-hmm. again. Like, no, nah, I ain't going back. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, it, it's that. That's a, it's a you know, but that. But the crazy thing is, that's one of the things I like about that. Uh, the Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. It's 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 for real, and you know, and it's interesting how things happen. You know, given that you know. Um, I have, you know, you in my life as a teacher and then I'm, then this show comes out and I'm like, interesting. And to be able to see it real time and to yes. know that, hey, this is just entertainment here. You know, like the principal who's a nut, you know, it's like, yo, after your experience at the high school, I'm like, yo, is people like that for real? Yeah. It's in these schools. <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. got great. They, they really got lunatics. <laughs> in these schools and i'm like how do these people get these positions well you know, the the answer would shock you but maybe not you know what i'm no, saying I'm so after, after a seeing lot of some of the stuff who, I, after seeing behind yeah. the curtain yeah i'm I'm not surprised mm-hmm. no more i'm, I'm not that's a whole nother really show not. that's a whole nother not a whole that's nother a series of shows. shows we could do a whole season on education mm-hmm. and you know um and, and and really it's a yes and proposition with education because I know, you know, lots of people is like, well, let's save our public schools because they give every child the best opportunity. And I'm like, not every public school gives every child the best opportunity, but I that do believe that same. we should save them. Yeah, you know, I agree. And so like, but 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 to deny that there's anything wrong with them for the sake of pretending like if you you gotta, you know, put blinders on and just save them at any cost, even though you know they're not doing the best for most of the kids in certain neighborhoods, you know, I think we just have to have that nuanced conversation. Yep. But, and and I think most people are unwilling. It's like you have sides that say, you know, everything that's not, you know, 100% public education, no charters, we hate this, we hate that. And then you have some people who are like, you know, but what about the kids who are not, their public school is not equal to your public school. Right. You know, they don't what, what should those funding. kids have, right? What if their tax right. base is not giving them a quality school? What should those kids do? And I just think it is a very nuanced conversation. And I would like to hear yeah. people have it a more really balanced is. approach to both, you know, because at the end of the day, if that was your child sitting in that seat, you wouldn't think it was okay. Yeah. You know, the people who talk about that stuff are the people whose kids don't go to those schools, right? And so a lot of a lot of good teachers stay in, t- in those schools because they love those children and despite everything else that's happening in those classrooms they really want to give the best education possible but people are running those teachers away yep. it was bad enough when the when the when the administrators didn't know what they were doing and we were like wait a minute so um i'm gonna ignore you i'm gonna do what i gotta do for the kids and i'm just gonna ignore the fact that you have never even really taught like you don't even but you tell okay whatever i'm gonna ignore yeah. that you know, and so now it's just gotten to the point where it's almost um, intolerable to be a, a, a teacher. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. shout out to Abbott Elementary for, for, you know, challenging us to have those difficult conversations. Absolutely. That's that, that's still one of my, I, I admit that's one of my favorite shows because it, it's really, really funny. It's, it's incredible. And like I said, I think it's because I'm, I'm, I think it's because I'm married to you and I can, I can relate to it vicariously, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so shout out to all the educators shout out those who really really care who really understand what it means to take care of the most vulnerable in our population who really really care about these children we really do appreciate because we know it ain't everybody you know we know it ain't everybody like you said it's in the nuances in the details you know it ain't it ain't the same everywhere 
and there's a lot of good teachers in and some and that, that could use an opportunity in a better place but they choose to stay where they know they need it and i know that's a hard thing to do and i salute anybody that's that that ride for the cause man because when you make it bigger than yourself you know mm-hmm. you should definitely be respected and i and i have and i have to take my hat off to anybody that's that's that, that's riding for that cause because i live with one of them and i admire you every single day you know Thanks, um, babe. i love you i love you too well y'all on that note it's been another episode we start in love and we end in love that's how we do it baby that's what we, done do. laps. we is them done laps mm-hmm. i am your co-host deontay and i'm shakine and we are the done laps with the done laps Thank you for tuning in. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be with us. So we thank you for tuning in. We will be back again. We might be back again next week. We still decided because we got some moving travel. and shaking going on, some travel going on next week. So the next week could be tentative, but we're going to be back. We'll be we'll be communicating. We'll be in tune with it. Um, so keep a lookout for us. Um, if you like it, subscribe to it. Give us some thumbs up. Show us some love. You know, maybe we can get this thing. Maybe we can make some you know, some chatter, we can make this thing better, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, but thank y'all keep, stay tuned in. Um, thank you for getting into it with us. We appreciate you. Much love, much love. Thanks everybody. See y'all soon. Bye y'all. Deuces.